I'm going to go ahead and put that up there because that's kind of the text, but we're going to take a look at uh, Psalms 90 a little bit more in depth this morning. Somebody asked me this week, what are you going to preach on? I said, it's the new year, isn't it? So what do we talk about the first Sunday of the new year? We talk about resolutions, right? So I'm hoping you'll see as we go down through Psalms 90 how this would make an application to making resolutions, but not just to be making resolutions to make resolutions, even though I'll use one of those cliche type of resolutions today, but to make a spiritual application and a spiritual re- uh, resolution as we give consideration to this. I'm going to leave that slide for just a moment until we um, get to our, like our first point. But I want to say as you take a look at Psalms 90, it can really be considered to be a psalm of contracts. Because in this particular psalm, it will talk about the eternal nature of God and it will talk about mortal man or the brevity of our our lives and it'll talk about our sins but it'll talk about God being merciful and working with us and it'll also talk about God's discipline but it'll talk about in the latter part of it man being joyfully restored coming to understand that God's way is best and then Turning back to that. And so it's kind of a psalm of contrasts as you take a look at this. Eternal God, temporal man. Man's sin, God's mercy. God's discipline and helping us to be restored. And in the midst of that, he says in in verse 12, Help me to count my days that I might gain a heart of wisdom. So help me to take into consideration your perspective, Lord, on life so that I might see it like you see it and that I might give consideration to each day. You know, someone has said, man oftentimes complains that the days of our life are too few. But then we live like we've got an unlimited amount. And so the psalmist here is helping us to focus and give consideration to this fact that our days are numbered and that we ought to count those days and that we ought to gain a heart of, a heart of wisdom because only God is eternal. And God disciplines because sometimes we lose sight of that fact and that ultimately He does want to establish the work of our hands when we come to understand what that work ought to be. Kind of like what Jack talked about in class this morning. So life needs to be viewed from God's perspective. And the psalmist will say, let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. Let me say it this way. The way Jesus said it. You're the salt of the earth. And you're the light of the world. That's ultimately what the psalmist is saying. Let the beauty of the Lord be seen upon us. We come to understand, to count our days, 
We view life the way God wants us to view life. And then we're the kind of people that he wants for us to be. So making spiritual resolutions. Psalms 90 and verse 12. Help me to count my days that I might gain a heart of wisdom. I want you to keep this in mind as we give consideration to Psalms 90. This psalm was written by Moses. Most attribute this to Moses. And I want you to think about God through Moses was trying to get these people where? He was trying to get them to the promised land. Lord, help me to count my days. Hold that thought as we take a little closer look at at this this morning. And I want to ask you this question to ask yourself. What do you think, as God was trying to get these people to the promised land, what do you think they needed to see? May I ask you this also? Have you ever heard someone say, I want to go to heaven? You ever heard somebody say that? I want to go to heaven. They wanted to get to the promised land. What do you think they needed to see? What do you think you need to see? You know, as Christians, and we're going to study the book of 2 Peter here before long after we finish 1 Peter. Peter says over in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18 that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want to point this out. That that growth doesn't just automatically happen. And that growth is not just by accident. It takes effort. As someone said, it's strategically, persistently pursuing God's ways. You got to think about it. But sometimes still, we just want it to happen. And so whenever we take a look at, for instance, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 5 through 7 when we get there, Remember those Christian virtues or those Christian graces that we oftentimes talk about? Add unto your faith virtue. Let me pause right there for a minute. (laughs) Call and make a point. You know what virtue is? Virtue is the willingness to stand for what you believe. You think we could use some virtue nowadays? So add unto your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And Peter says you should add these things. On the other end of that spectrum, sometimes we think about there may be some kind of sin in our life. And we would like the Lord to help us with that. And so in either one of those, whether it's those Christian graces or whether it's some sin in our life, we pray and we want the Lord to either add those things or we want Him to take the other away. Isn't that the way it is a lot of times? (laughs) 
I know that I should grow and become a Christian, you know, mature and all that. And Lord, just if you just make me that way, that sure would help. And then I've got this sin that I'm struggling with. And Lord, if you just take it away, that sure would help. And sometimes, even when we pray along those lines, we ask ourselves, why doesn't he just do it? He wants me to be a mature Christian. Why doesn't he just make me that way? And I know he doesn't want me to have this sin in my life, so why doesn't he just take it away? But God doesn't just do that. I want you to take a look at Psalms 90 and verse 15 and 16 as we get into this. In verse 15, watch what he says. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. The years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. You know what he's saying in verse 15? Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. In other words... There was sorrow that they experienced. The Lord afflicted them. We remember that, right? From their journey in the wilderness. And so there were days of sorrow. And so the psalmist is asking, so so now let us have days of joy, of gladness. And so what he would like for us to do is to stop and think about what what brought about those days of sorrow. Well, it was sin. It was rebellion against God. Not doing what was right. And then what will bring days of joy? Well, doing what God wants us to do, right? You did wrong, and now you do right. In verse 16, he says, Let your work appear to your servants. You know what that means? Let us see it. So we do what God wants us to do. Let your work appear. And we see it. And we see the benefit of it. That's what he's saying. What brought sorrow? It was doing wrong. And what will bring joy? Doing right. You ever experienced that in your own life? So here we go with the first resolution of the year. You're going to say this sounds so cliché. This year, one of my resolutions is I want to lose weight. (laughs) 20 pounds is the mark. In our house, we have this big mirror in our bathroom. Looking in that brings days of sorrow 
<laughs> and I have to stop and think. What's going to bring days of gladness? You did wrong. And now you got to do right. See, one of the issues is, I like carrot cake. My wife makes a great carrot cake. But I'm going to explain something to you. I didn't get 20 pounds overweight because she made a 20-pound carrot cake and then I ate it. Well, then how did that happen? Well, I had a little carrot cake today and I had some cookies the next day and maybe some ice cream the following day and then throw some chips in there and then pretty soon you see the pattern, don't you? And I didn't stop and think about the first day. And then there was the second day. And then the third day. And then the days became weeks. And the weeks became months. And then we had the coronavirus. And there goes 2019 or 2020. <laughs> and we were locked down. And what else are you going to do besides eat, right? <laughs> and then comes 2021. You're making a resolution. There are days of sorrow and there are days of gladness. And the days of sorrow are not just taken away. And so sometimes we ask, why doesn't God just take it away? Well, we didn't get there in an instant. And He's not going to take it away in an instant. We want to become mature Christians in an instant. But it takes daily application. I want to turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I'll read a little bit of a lengthy reading here, but verse 22 through verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4. Well, actually back up to verse 20. Notice what Paul says. But you have not so learned Christ. He's talking about the sins of the Gentiles before this. But he said, that's not the way you learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who is in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 
And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What's Paul saying? You got to put off those old ways, and you got to put on these new ways. In Psalms 90 and verse 16, the psalmist says, let your work appear. God tells us what we need to do. Lord, help us to see that. Help us to apply that. Help us to see the benefits of that. You know, in Philippians, Paul talk about, talked about that same process of growing. I have not yet attained but I press towards the goal. It's on goal. So once again, think about Psalms 90 is attributed to Moses. And God through Moses was trying to get them to the promised land. And God was trying to get Israel to trust Him every day day you need food I'll give you manna you need water I'll bring it forth out of a rock you need guidance I'm here every day there's a cloud and there's a fire to guide you every day see God intends for our relationship with him to be a daily walk. Someone has said the Christian life is not flashes of spiritual brilliance followed by flashes of occasional godly acts. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way we want to view it. <laughs> it's a walk. Someone else said it's a walk, it's a work, it's a process. It's a product born of sweat. It takes work. Think about your life for a moment. Think about your health. Think about your job. Think about your finances. Think about your marriage. Think about your relationship with your kids think about your strengths think about your weaknesses think about the good think about the bad and then where you are today ask yourself this question how did I get here where you are today is an accumulation of the days that have gone before the psalmist says Help me count my days that I can gain a heart of wisdom. It applies physically if you need to lose weight. <laughs> but it applies spiritually. Life is a series of days that are strung together. Ever heard of Kirk Cousins? Maybe some of the guys have. Colby has. 
He used to be a quarterback. Until <laughs> he made tons of money. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. Then he decided he didn't need it anymore. But it was said that while he was playing, and maybe he still has it, I don't know, that out in front of his house, he set up kind of like a little monument or whatever you want to call it, large container. And inside that container, he put stones. And every day when he would leave the house, he would take out a stone. Now what he had done is he had calculated, they said, the average age of a male, how long they're going to live. And then he put a stone in there for each day. And so each day as he would leave the house, he would take out a stone. And then they said over time, it started going down. The stones that are left, that's the days I got left. Somebody said, well, sounds a little morbid. <laughs> he said, no, that helps me count my days. Each one is important. And how we spend our days adds up. And that's what our life becomes. So people say, I want to go to heaven. Well, Israel wanted to get to the promised land. God wanted to get them there. He said, you got to follow me every day. See, it was in 1 Peter chapter 1, which Peter quotes from the book of Leviticus. (laughs) It is written, be holy, for I am holy. So as we think about the book of First Peter, Peter's writing to them in trying times. And he's saying, be holy, because God is holy. It's not when everything clears up, and everything's perfect, and it's all smooth sailing, then be holy, for I'm holy. In the midst of these trials and challenges that you're faced with, be holy, for I'm holy. Jack mentioned this this morning, 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So it's desiring God's word so that we can make the application the way God wanted Israel to make the application was every day. Somebody else wrote this. You want to make a change in your life? Decide what you want to accomplish or decide where you want to go. Decide what steps you need to take in order to get there. And then apply those steps every day. And if you get off track, get back on immediately. (laughs) 
So in Psalms 90, in verse 16 and 17, that's where he's making the application. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I want to do what's right. Help me, Lord. Establish that work. We need to recognize that there's power in small steps. I'll turn to the book of Proverbs for a minute. Proverbs chapter 13. In verse 11, this is the New King James. It says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Let me read it to you from the Revised Standard Version because I think he makes it a little clearer. Wealth hastily gotten will dwindle, but he who gathers little by little will increase it. You ever stop and think about almost everything in the world is made up of ones? If you have a million dollars, you have a million one dollars. If you set out to walk 500 miles, you're going to cover it one step at a time. And if you live to be 70 years old, Getting closer. <laughs> you will live 255,675 days, one at a time. But you know what we oftentimes do? We lie to ourselves about ones. If I eat just one slice of pizza, <laughs> it won't matter. If I eat one Oreo, it won't matter. If I eat one carrot cake, <laughs> it won't matter. Till it does. Because those ones add up. And then it matters. Now the other side of the coin. In a positive light, sometimes we lie to ourselves about ones, too. Sometimes we say to ourselves, oh, I'm so far behind. <laughs> Doing just one thing today is not going to help. But it will. What difference will one day make? It makes a difference. What about in a relationship, a marriage that's not quite working right? What will one day that I just take and spend with my spouse? Will it matter? Yeah. What about with my kids? Will it help build it? Make the relationship better one day? Yeah, it will. What about reading one chapter in the Bible? Will that help? Yeah, it will. Because those ones that add up 
What about reaching out to someone that comes through that door back there? I may just get a chance to say hi to them one time. But will it matter? Yeah. See, Proverbs 13 says that he who gathers little by little will increase it. And Proverbs 13 is not just talking about financial wealth. It's talking about life and life management. It's the same principle that takes you from rags to riches, that takes you from disobedience to obedience. It's the same principle that can take a marriage from the brink of divorce to a great relationship. It's the same principle that can build relationships in parents and kids. It's the same principle that can take you from unholiness to holiness. Peter says you shall be holy because I am holy. And it's a step at a time. Let me give you another illustration. Have you ever heard of a coach or heard a coach tell their players, take it one play at a time? You ever heard that, Colby? (laughs) If a team is behind, the coach will tell them the way to get back in this game is one play at a time. I want you to go out there and I want you to win the next play. The next play. I want you to go win the next play. And if a team is ahead and they get beat on a play, But they're ahead. You ever seen a coach go berserk? He's ahead. And their team just got beat bad on a play. And he's over there about to lose his mind. There's this coach down in Alabama called Nick Saban. And he has a winning culture. How did he get that winning culture? You ever seen Nick Saban go nuts on the sideline when they're ahead, but his players just got beat? And you want to say to him, Nick, what's the problem here? You're way ahead. You know what Nick's thinking about? He's not thinking about the scoreboard. He's thinking about that play. Because you know what happens when you get beat bad on a play? You know what the team on the other think is on the other side's thinking? We just won that play. <laughs> let's see if we can win the next one. And then let's see if we can win the one after that. And you know what? We may get back in this game. Did you happen let me put in a plug? <laughs> Did you happen to watch the Super Bowl last year? Do you remember when the Chiefs were down 
And do you remember seeing Patrick Mahomes walk over to the bench and he's saying something and then later you found out what he said? You know what he said? He goes, let's get back in it one play at a time. That's what he said. You know who won the Super Bowl? Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. There's a name actually for that. It's called the principle of momentum. Have you ever seen two teams battling it out and then you hear the announcer say, well, it seems like the momentum has changed. That's what happens. And it happens one play at a time. Proverbs, the 19th chapter. In verse 15 and 16. The writer of Proverbs says, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. Did you ever notice the less you do, the less you want to do? That's what the writer of Proverbs is saying. But the one who keeps his soul, or keeps his ways, keeps the commandments, will keep his soul. That's the principle of momentum. And it happens in small steps. But we have to also recognize the power of of persistence. I'll turn back to Proverbs, the 10th chapter this time in verse 4. It says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Verse 5. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, and he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. The writer saying, lazy hands make a man poor. But diligent hands make a person wealthy. Once again, he's not just talking about money. That's a principle for life. So you need to know where you want to go. You need to know the steps that are going to take you there. And then you need to make that a part of every day. Lord, help me to count my days that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Persistence. And you know what persistence means? You mean you do it as long as it takes. Not just when it's easy. Not just when it's convenient. You do it as long as it takes. You know where you want to go. You decide what steps need to take or that'll take you there. And then you apply that each day. And if you mess up, you get back on track. And you keep going. That's the principle of momentum. One last quick illustration. Got a lot of little kids running around here now. 
Do you remember when some of them first started walking? Take a step and fall down. Take another step and fall down. But pretty soon they took two steps. Then they took three. And then pretty soon they're running. And walking doesn't seem like a problem anymore. That's what the writer of Proverbs is talking about. That's what the writer of Psalms is talking about. Lord, help me to count my days. Because each one matters. That I might gain a heart of wisdom. Persistence. So really, the intent of this lesson (laughs) was not to help me lose weight or is to help us to think about our spiritual goals. Make a spiritual resolution. Know where you want to go. Plan your steps. And then make it a part of your daily routine. And if you get off track, get right back on. And then recognize that there's power in small steps. And recognize that there's power in persistence. And you stay with it till it's finished. That's what Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy 4. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, who the righteous judge will give me in that day. And not me only, but all those who have loved his appearing. Psalms 90. In verse 16 and 17, now listen to what he says. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. That's what the psalmist is praying for. That's what we ought to. Lord, help me. I'll be what you want me to be. But I know it takes work. And I pray for your help and for your guidance. If you're here this morning, if you've never rendered obedience under the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would encourage you to do that this very day. Start your journey with him and stay with him until you have that home in heaven. If you're a child of God and you've wandered away, Get back on track. If we can help you in any way, you let us know. While together we stand and while we sing.